Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Netflix's The Cuphead Show. Muggsy, what we need is a little fun and adventure. Hey there, my name is Nate, and a big welcome and hello to all the fellas and dolls tuning in for this spoiler-free review for The Cuphead Show Season 1, which hits Netflix February 18th. Uh, I'm not going to use that voice the entire review. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, big thanks to Netflix Canada for getting us uh, this season in advance for us to review. Uh, Now, please, if you would be so kind, join me in welcoming our beloved host of the podcast. He's known as the big cheese around here, the real McCoy, my buddy, my pal, my mug man, the sensational jazz man, Justin Lawrence. Yo, yo, how you doing, Muggsy? <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I was like, I don't know if yo, yo is, is that a 1930s thing? Do they say? <laughs> and if hey, you're Muggsy, am I Muggsy? Are we all Muggsy? Uh, how are you doing this fine evening after this wonderful uh, adventure through Inkwell Isle? I'm excited to chat about it. I was definitely, yeah. it was a surprise and delight. So we'll, we'll yeah. definitely unravel that as we go. Yeah, we weren't expecting this to, to, to drop the way it did. And we just got the... The screeners, and again, thank you so much to Netflix Canada for that. Uh, but before we blow our wigs uh, and share our thoughts with you, that's a 1930s thing. Blow our wigs. Huh. Blow uh, our wigs. Before, before we uh, share our thoughts, let me give you a little bit of background. Directed by Adam Paloian, uh, and executive produced by Dave Wasson, C.J. Kettler and the original creators of the game, Chad Moldenhauer and Jared Moldenhauer. Based on the award-winning video game that smashed onto the scene with a gorgeous retro animation style, The Cuphead Show is a character-driven comedy series following the unique misadventures of lovable, impulsive scamp Cuphead and his cautious but easily swayed brother, Mugman. As the two scour their surreal homeworld of the Inkwell Isles in search of fun and adventure, they always have each other's backs. Unless there's only one cookie left, in which case it's every cup for himself. The Cuphead show combines nostalgic delights, side-splitting gags, and a healthy dose of heebie-jeebies, especially when a ridiculous, weird nemesis, the devil himself, arrives on the scene to toy with our heroes. The show stars True Valentino, Frank Todaro, Luke Millington Drake, Johanna, Gray Griffin, and Wayne Brady. So, uh, Justin, I think we should start with what we thought was swell. I think there's, for me at least, I don't know about you, most of what I have to say is pretty darn swell uh, about this show. Um, I kind of want to just start with music, though, right? Where the the show kind of starts off, and I think that's the first impression anyone watching the show is going to get is just how excellent the music is in this series. Throughout the show... It does adopt a very 1930s traditional piano score that feels very character of of the time and and, and has that nostalgic hit. But I was actually really surprised by the intro. The intro feels very modernized uh, in a way, but but still hits of that vintage nostalgia, if you will. Um, So I I, I enjoy the intro. I also love the the look and feel of it, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. But yeah, I love the little ballad that, you know, is being sung over top of the visuals as we're, as we're being introduced to the characters. And again, for me, um, as, as like, I guess a spoiler, I haven't played the game. I I played one level. So, you know, I, I, I was very interested in, in this just because of the, the style and aesthetic that it really was leaning into. Yeah. I mean, it sets, I think it sets you up for what to expect, uh, from the show as a whole. And yeah, Ego Plum is the composer for this. He's worked on, on SpongeBob SquarePants before. And 
just does such a good job because like the old cartoons in the 1930s, like there there was never a moment where there wasn't music. A lot of the times yep. for a lot of cartoons at the time, the music, music yeah. that was all it was. The music yep. was how you emphasize what the characters are feeling. And and you feel that in this show. There's so many moments where it just does such a good job transitioning on the fly. And yeah, man, that theme song performed by uh, Giselle Andrea I want to say Bessera, Becera. Um, it's done in that 1930s style, and she just she just nails it. I love I love how Cuphead and Mugman they sort of have like a back and forth where they they you know the, she sings to them and then they sing back to her back to and her, yeah. it's just perfect. It's just yeah, nice fourth wall perfect. breaking stuff that we we get to throughout. So oh yeah, oh yeah, and it, again, it's just another aspect of how the theme song sets us up. But um, you know, you brought up the the visuals, the look and feel. Uh, let's get into that. Let's talk about that because I think that's going to be kind of the the main takeaway for a lot of people with the show. Well, yeah, for sure. And and for me, it was it was probably the biggest reason why I wanted to check it out. I, I really love how the series adopts that that 1930s rubber hose animation style, similar yeah. to cartoons that we would see from like the golden age of Disney. And there's a lot of Disney yes. aesthetical references throughout, as well as thematical elements uh, throughout the the entire series. Uh, so it, it feels very. Um, inspired by if you will uh but it, it takes it further it mixes in that ren and stimpy aesthetic uh from the artist uh i'm gonna probably butcher his name but uh john kirk Falous. uh he's okay, french yeah. canadian uh but uh his aesthetic style has you know it, it has this over exaggerated expressions that you know tend to lean a little bit more on the darker side but you know the show never really loses its its foundation of understanding it's a a kid's show but it yeah. does really go bold and then at times a little dark but never too dark and you know it, it, the color palette it, the, the color palette oh itself it, it, you know it, at times it's 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 very muted which feels very 1930s like very desaturated but then there's instances where there's just vibrancy and you know it's it's really a a, a tradition of kind of bringing you know old meets new and you know even just to the idea like throughout every single episode i noticed that there's just layers of grain and and dust and scratches that are just yes overall the, the the picture just to give again that 1930s vintage nostalgia i i just think that they they blended so much of the old into this sort of new aesthetic it feels it feels uh, nostalgic while also feeling fresh if if that makes sense no i get it dude like it's a, it's a perfect blend of it's like modern extreme movement with the animation but then it's got that classic aesthetic right and so i think you know every even the way every episode starts where it's like the theme song and then we the get like card. sort of the the title card which is that classic looney tunes inspired yep. title card and it, it all of it makes a lot of sense when you see who is behind the show i mean um the co-executive producer uh, cosmo Sergison, uh he worked on the most recent like mickey mouse shorts and oh, nice. rocco's modern life Oh, right. Cool. And so you can totally see those. Or you yeah, brought up 100%. the idea of Ren and Stimpy. Um, you know, Adam Poloian, uh, who who was the director, he worked on SpongeBob, right, for nice. Nickelodeon. And so you get these these <laughs> and it's it's a lot of why I was laughing throughout the show was right. even just the extreme facial expressions where they're right. really contorted or they're really yeah. stretched out and and it just it it was so much fun to watch these characters just physically react uh, to, the, to the the things that were going on around them. And you can just, you can see how well they managed to not only give you that look and feel, but again, as you said, keeps it modern. It keeps it engaging for like a younger audience. And I just- A hundred percent. It doesn't age itself. It doesn't lean so hard into that nostalgia. But I think yeah. 
like even for someone like myself who really is drawn to animation for its style that's why yeah. i love so many different animated properties because of the aesthetic that we always get and, and everything is just very different and and, and how, how you pointed out like just the bold expressions that that can be conveyed with just you know the flip of a dime of how uh, exaggerated and and contorted you know some of those looks could be uh, it was a lot of fun well i mean uh there's a I looked up a, an interview with uh, with Adam Poloian, and he's he's uh, on an interview with uh, El Cid in a show called Shot Talk on YouTube, and this was in 2018, and he talks about how he wants to get away from the traditional style of animation that that we've seen in things like you know the modern SpongeBob, the modern Disney stuff, and this is kind of a, a really smart way to take that first step into that direction and he, he he ultimately talks about how he wants to establish um, a new style a, a, a new way of of showing off different uh, versions of animation that can very much be his own or, or his studio's own uh, and I think this is a really good step in that direction to kind of still pay homage to what you had before but then blend it it's just ah so good well and that's the power of animation is it, it, it literally is paying homage to what has come before it and you know the point that you make about trying to find his own visual style that's unique yeah. there's a couple moments throughout i think even in, in a couple instances when we open in on their little house um on their little cottage it's 3d there's 3d elements blended in to these two-dimensional environments it feels it feels very fresh and new from that perspective where, you know, I think in, in certain instances when SpongeBob did it, it was more for a gag and joke. But this feels very much an aesthetic decision to yes. kind of take things into a three dimensional element, like even just the opening with the cup rotating right at yeah. the beginning of, of every episode yeah. with the Netflix uh, logo, with the Netflix title. I, I yep. think that that, again, it's just finding new ways to blend old and new and this i feel like this series does it really really well it nails it it nails it um i i want to talk about another thing it, i think it did phenomenally and it's it's this cast i think the performances um are so well done cupheaded mugman's voices are fantastic i love their accents uh true valentino and frank Todaro have such a great chemistry on the show and you know even when their dialogue is so quick and it's 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 you know it's it that would be kind of tough for some voice actors to kind of pull that off like that old you know really quick you know snappy style but they just execute it so well that like these characters aren't they don't have voices in the game so like I had no necessarily like I didn't have any expectations for it but at the same time I can't imagine them with any other voice after this like after the first episode I was like that's Cuphead that's Mugman like they fully nailed it yeah, no, I, I think I think performances across the board were were fantastic. Luke Millington Drake uh, as the devil, I thought was was so funny. He has this sort of over exaggerative, very Stewie like uh, portrayal very to Stewie his like, yes, to his, to oh his my devil, gosh. Yeah. and 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 I loved how uh, exaggerated he was and how he could change from being, you know, really high up and then really down um, with his vo vocal range. And, uh, I, I enjoyed blending that animation style with his voice performance. I thought was really good. You know, Wayne Brady, uh, the Wayne Brady oh episode gosh. where he is uh, King dice, I believe his name is. Yes. Um, I thought that was great. I thought that, you know, having him there, uh, I, at first I didn't realize it was Wayne Brady, yeah. uh, until the end credit. And I was like, okay, yeah, I could, I could, I could hear it. But how perfect for the, for the casting for that character who he's very much a musical game show host. And like, that's right. 
those are all those are the highlights of Wayne Brady's career essentially right, right? so sure. far at least like yeah. I'm sure he's got a lot more to give but but the idea that like yeah he's he's very much a musical guy he's very much a comedian and then he also has done game shows in the past it was just so perfect to yeah, have a good him casting. on for it's a perfect casting so good it. so good I, I also wanted to shout out he's not in it for as uh, a ton but he I mean Elder Kettle Johanna I yeah. just think <laughs> he's so funny like yeah. just the way that they managed to to kind of really um emphasize his character beyond just the the sort of the the tutorial screen of the game right so right absolutely yeah well you know again not having played the game i didn't know that his character was of that importance but i loved how you know he was sort of the stern adult that you know looked after them and he was the senior citizen <laughs> if you <Yeah>. will <laughs> right yeah. like the like he is he's obviously their their caregiver not really sure yeah. what their relationship is. I guess it makes sense for a kettle to have. I think he's their pumps. grandfather. Yeah, yeah, he's something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, man. I mean, well, speaking of of the game, then um, I think you can really see the game's influence come through not only on the characters, but like the world that Cuphead and Mugman yeah. traverse throughout the series. Like you see them running, uh, you know, around, and there's they're narrowly missing projectiles, or they're jumping over like buzz saws and all sorts of traps like that like i just thought it was it's 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 a really cool way to still give you know people that played the game a sense of this world beyond just the game itself right and and that's what i feel like this does more than anything right is yeah. it's rounding out that world it's helping to give more depth to it uh, so that, you know, maybe it gets another generation of kids to go play it, right? Like, I, I'm not really sure who the audience was intended for with maybe the game and the series, given yeah. that, like, I, I have a I have a, a cousin who's, I guess, about, like, 13, right? And was playing it, but he's seriously into gaming, and, like, you were talking to me about Cuphead, so I wasn't surprised that he was playing it. I remember trying to play at least one level, and I did not like it. It was, like... Too difficult for me. Right. Well, <laughs> and so this is this is the thing because the show does such a good job, as I've been saying, like it brings in guest characters and utilizes the different games bosses uh, throughout this this season. And it really fleshes them out. It really fleshes out their motivations, why they're acting the way they are. Uh, and it brings it back to the game. And I think that's kind of something that they maybe have a. a an opportunity with uh, not necessarily on the show side, but on the game side, because there is a simple mode. Um, they call it simple mode, not easy mode in the game, but it makes me think they should really add an easy mode because if they are going to be getting kids into this show, right, you get a whole different um, group of, of viewers that they, they're like, Oh, I want to play the game, but it's going to be too difficult for them. Like with the simple mode, you can't actually finish the game. So I think, you know, how incredible would it be if they went back and said, okay, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna you know cuphead show eyes if you will uh, the game and maybe give us something that is a little bit more accessible for for kids. I don't know. I don't think yeah. it'd be a good idea. And Justin, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll definitely yeah. play that easy mode. But I yeah. I also think it's interesting too because you you see this sort of maybe it's a dependency that that game inspired series or shows or or movies. I feel like they need to integrate the qualities of the game into it. Like I, I thought it was interesting with um, even something which is really bad, but Battleships, how sure. in that movie it is obviously trying to take itself seriously, but then there's a moment where they're actually fighting their enemy in a Battleship-style 
uh, games. So right, it's like, like they're the using the battleship board. <laughs> and it's like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's integrated in. So it felt smart, but it also felt like unnecessary because we knew the concept, but they had to add some sort of element of the game into it. So all that to say, it's nice to hear that the parts that they that this series brings over for the game are more the character-based stuff and the world-based stuff to really kind of help round out that world and hopefully inspire people who haven't discovered the game to go and play the game and get frustrated with it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, I mean, again, try simple mode. I think there's something to be said about it. And I, I am, I am looking forward to the, the DLC for it uh, called the delicious last course. And I'm hoping they, maybe they add something in there that we don't know about to, to make cool. it a little bit more accessible. But uh, listen, like a cat in the slammer who's about to draw his last breaths. Uh, let's get to our final thoughts and review score for the show, which we'll be rating on a scale of one to five souls. Ooh, mm. I knew you were going to do souls, man. I knew you yeah, were going to do souls. Yeah, I'm the devil. <laughs> uh, um, Justin, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so like I was saying throughout this review, you know, I, I don't come from uh, a background of, of appreciating the game. I come from a background of appreciating animation and, and the art style, and that's really what stood out to me about this series. Again, blending old with new, adopting that 1930s rubber hose animation style w- while bringing in this, the, the sort of exaggerated, over-the-top expressions from Ren and Stimpy feels, again, old meets new, and I love its color palette. It felt very of its time with the, the, the film grain and the, the scratches um i love that it leans hard in trying to feel of the same vanity and nature of of the you know golden age of disney animation um i, I appreciated that and and i think it takes it in 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 some some new ways it's, this is a kid's show of course i i think that there there were some parts that felt a little dark but i don't think it, it ever lost itself in that darkness where it went too mature um yeah. but i do know that probably there's going to be a mixed bag of audience members that are going to watch For this sure. um, from kids to, to, you know, mature adults. Um, sure. Yeah. So that being said, like I, I couldn't really find any faults with this, with this series. Um, and, and, and being someone that just appreciates the, the aesthetic and, and the idea that it, it, it does know what it wants to be in it. But again, this was season one. This was all about world building and, and really kind of rounding it out. I, I'm excited to see what they can do with season two. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5 souls. Uh, you know, I, I feel very similar. First off, I'm going to sound like a broken record uh, because, or I guess for this show, we should say a broken radio. Uh, but... You know, we talk about every, you know, all the time on on this podcast about a show having a clear vision and being confident in what it sets out to do. And this show is dripping with confidence. Like this show knows exactly what it it needs to do. And it's rare for video games to jump into another medium and execute on such a level that it actually enhances the source material. Right. Like we recently I think the only time that I can think back to where we got that recently was actually again from Netflix uh, Mm -hmm. with Arcane. Right. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, but I think where where that show didn't really get me excited to try out League of Legends, this show does actually make me want to jump back into, you know, the, the grueling difficulty of, of Cuphead. <laughs> um, so I am excited for, as I said, for that DLC. But I think all that being said, it, it that's what makes it so hard to review this, because, again, it sets out what what it sets out to achieve. It nails. And then anything else would just be me comparing it to other animated content that it's not necessarily trying to emulate. Right, like the show does deliver on its promise of transporting you back to the 1930s through its visuals, through its uh, its audio, through its music, through its voice cast, and it nails that so well. But it's it's just it it 
tends to lack um like a sort of a greater sense of of narrative through point i actually don't i don't think it really does have it has a narrative through point but it's so razor thin like there's shows like adventure time or steven universe that they do go off of like the the situation of the week kind of storyline but they also do have a bit more of a thread and it's a little unfair to compare because we've only gotten one season of this show but i just it's a minor gripe but i think i think the big thing for it is i can absolutely see them getting there i can see them achieving a similar level of sort of moral depth for these characters and and again it's they're such silly characters but i think they still can put a little bit more um heart in their story and i think i think what it would do for overall for these two brothers is it would make them a little bit more memorable and i think it would also allow them to reach a wider audience but beyond the initial what we loved about it which is the you know how well it transports us back to the 1930s they have they have an opportunity there so i can't that's the only thing holding me back from giving this perfect because it absolutely is stellar. And and it's definitely something that anybody who's a fan of animation, who's a fan of Cuphead, who's a fan of that game, they all you need to watch all 12 episodes and you're just going to have such a fun time with it. Um, so I, I can't criticize it too much, but that would be the only the only little thing. And, and it, that's mostly just me being hopeful for what we get from uh, from another season from these folks. But uh, for what the for what the Moldenhauers created. Um, and and how good a translation this is of that, I am I am so stoked. I am giving this show a solid four point five out of five souls. I think I'm right on board with you. Yeah, I I think the I think I appreciate that this was a pilot season for yes. this series, like you said, like mm-hmm. it, it is season one, and yep. I think what they've done really well is establish the world, which you really want to do in a first season. You yep. establish the relationship of the characters, and to your point, I hope season two will lend itself as an exploration of probably something that could have more of a through point. Well, we've talked about the fact that they drop these shows as bingeable content, right? And how, you know, this show is very much structured in the olden ways of, again, very fitting, but the olden ways of, you know, you would tune in and, oh, Cuphead, the Cuphead show's on. Awesome. I'm going to watch it. And I might be watching episode five and not seeing episode two and three, but it doesn't matter. And it very much doesn't matter for, for this show. But I do think that I, I would like to see it get to a place where it does, especially if they are going to be putting them out on Netflix as entire seasons. Um, I think they have the opportunity to get there. But um, all right, Mugs, listen, listen, Mugs, the jig is up. Uh, and that's it for our spoiler-free review of the Cuphead Show season one. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, feel free to leave a five-star review. Feel free to leave. I'm, I'm getting the accent. The accent's <laughs> coming back there. Feel free to leave a, a five-star review, and if you want to write into the show and tell us what you thought of of Cuphead uh, once you've seen it, well, I'm going to use this fancy new thing uh, called a, a telephone. Beep boop beep beep. Well, they wouldn't be beeps, right? It would be like a shring. <laughs> yeah. Would that be it? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know how telephones work. Operator, get me uh, Justin uh, to tell them how the, how you can reach us. Certainly. Uh, they can reach us at uh, wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Wow, that was so strange. My voice just... It was went yeah. We went back in time. <laughs> Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest movies and shows out now with our most recent watch club for The Book of Boba Fett now finished. We are looking ahead and getting pretty stoked for Moon Knight coming up, uh, which we'll be doing another watch club for every single week. And you can also tune in every single Wednesday to hear our thoughts on the latest uh, trailers and news from around the Geekosphere. And oh my gosh, like... 
with the Super Bowl and everything happening, this week there is, is going to be insane. It's nuts. It's nuts. There's so many mind melting trailers on the internet. So if you want to hear us talk about them, please tune in. Don't be a chump and give those episodes a listen. Uh, my pal Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this spoiler free review. And as we say, well, I love ya. Peace.